Behind the Fiction, the book lovers podcast, where we deliver interviews, insights, and ideas to passionate book lovers who want to stay in the stories they love. I'm Alexa Larberg, and this is episode 44 for December 31st, 2019. Guys, it's the last day of 2019. How is that possible? I don't know, but this is a good way to end the year. Monica Bullock delivers a great interview where we discuss the Desert Queen collection. You are going to love this book and this series and Monica. We've heard her before and she killed it. So we're excited to hear her and have her again. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to Behind the Fiction, the book lovers podcast, where we deliver interviews, insights, and ideas to passionate book lovers who want to stay in the stories they love. I'm Alexa Larberg, and this is episode 44 for December 31st, 2019. Guys, it's the last day of 2019. How is that possible? I don't know, but this is a good way to end the year. Monica Bullock delivers a great interview where we discuss the Queen Desert Collection. Correction, where we discuss the Desert Queen Collection. You are going to love this book and this series and Monica. We've heard her before and she killed it. So we're excited to hear her and have her again. Now, let's get to the show. Is why did you choose Egypt as the subject of this series for the Desert Queen? Uh, Egypt, particularly the 18th dynasty, has always been a treasure for me. It's always been, I'm actually going to Egypt in 2020. Oh, fine. So, I know, I'm excited. Uh, that particular dynasty with Akhenaten, and uh, Amenhotep and that whole part of history is just fascinating. Imagine this polyistic, a polytheistic culture with these amazing technologies and monuments. And all of a sudden, one day, the leader of this, this country, or actually culture, says, stop everything. We're going we're gonna to worship one God. I mean, that's amazing to me. And I thought, wow, what a, a powerful place to write a story. And uh, so that's that's uh, that's the book that I've been pra- waiting to write all my life because I wrote I read everything mm-hmm. I could get my hands on as a kid about Egypt, uh, but that was my that's my favorite. Dennis. And you chose a particular character as the focal point for this series. So w- why that character? Okay, well Nefret or Nefertiti, as the world knows her. Uh, is there's so much mystery about her and there's been a lot of back and forth people say she was this particular tribe and and I thought that the Bedouins the Bedouins who actually uh, Tia which is Tutmosis grandmother was a Bedouin she came from a Bedouin tribe and I think that the Bedouins don't get remembered as being a part of that culture and I wanted them to be remembered. And so I brought Nefret or Nefertiti in from that tribe, uh, in from that group of people, so I could bring the whole Bedouin lifestyle into the story and juxtapose that against the uh, absolutely wonderful life uh, at Thebes and Karnak and just to just, you know, put those two at odds with one another and how differently they lived, but how similar they were too. So that was interesting to me. Now, we spoke earlier about your love of of Southern history. You mentioned that you've been waiting to write this book your whole life. Were you, as a a child, did you, were you just captivated by Egyptian history? I was, um, and I can blame my dad for that. 
my dad was in the Navy, and uh, make a long story short, one of the places he was stationed for a time um, when he was doing crypto for the Navy was Cairo. And oh. uh, every place he went, he always sent me a, a present. So when he was in Italy, he sent me some things. When he was Germany, he sent me. But when he was in Cairo, he sent me uh, a little bust of Nefertiti. And that was like my favorite thing. You know, imagine being 10 and you have this little bust. It looks exactly like the one that's in, in the museums. And so that, that really inspired me. I wanted to be close to my dad, who was thousands of miles away. And I started reading Egypt. And I loved it. I loved reading his history of the Egyptian history. It was just amazing. And what uh, did he think when you wrote this series? Did he does he connect the two? Uh, well, I don't. I think he know he knows how much I loved Egypt. My dad has over the years perpetuated this love for Egypt by buying me these tomes. I mean, I mean, literally, these books are tomes <laughs> of, of uh, from Napoleon Bonaparte's. Um, mission to Egypt when he took the artists and they sketched all of the monuments. I have copies of those. I have from my dad. He bought me all of the DVDs, History of Egypt. Every Christmas and birthday, he's kind of perpetu per per perpetuated my love for Egypt by continuing to support that love. And, and I think, well, I dedicated that series to him. So he surely knows uh, he's in heaven now, but he surely knew that this was partly his fault. Is your dad a reader or was he a reader? My dad was a mystery reader. Okay. Um, he read some of my books, uh, but they, he was, my dad was a lovable curmudgeon and he was very, <laughs> very set in his ways. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was waiting for me to write Agatha Christie. I'm like, dad, you're never going to get one because I'm not going to write that. But uh, he did read the Seven Sisters books, and he did read the Desert Queen books. So I'm happy about that. You know, that. there tends to be a mystery component in your stories. I know. I know. But, you know, he, like I said, he was just a lovable curmudgeon. And uh, he was my biggest supporter. Um, but he just didn't read a lot there, you know, here recently. But he did watch a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I love that description of uh, lovable curmudgeon. Um, give us a little bit, just a little overview of the story for the Desert Queen collection, if you don't mind. Okay, great. Well, it opens up in the desert, and um, we meet Sekma, who is a Bedouin prince. He's uh, married a, a woman that's a half, she's Greek, and he's Bedouin. And so Nefertiti is a, one of a pair of twins. And these two twins were brought up under this prophecy that one of them would become the leader of their tribe because this particular Bedouin tribe is led by women. Um, and so as they grow up together, they very much love one another, but then the sisters realize that they have to become enemies. Uh, and so they do that. They go through these trials and and they decide who is going to be the next Mechma, which is the leader of the tribe. And while they're doing this, they're trying to decide who the Mechma is going to be. Egypt comes to call. A lot of uh, things happen. A lot of enemies encroach upon them. And so they're forced into this battle stance. They're forced to go to Egypt, to Cairo. Not Cairo. That's what we call it. They're forced to go to Thebes uh, to seek out help. 
from the Pharaoh and they get the help, but in exchange for a very valuable treasure. And that's how the story goes. All right. Well, this, this, I love the covers for this series and um, this is, it looks like it's going to be really fun. Um, so thank you again for, for being here and we will be back again to talk about the Idlewood series shortly. All right.